I'm not talking about being proud of yourself, being proud of the man you're becoming or the woman you're becoming in Christ. I'm talking about the wrong kind of pride. The pride that makes you smell bad, look bad, act bad. You know, I, 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 God just kind of just dealt with that in my spirit this week, Miss Vicki, and I, and I said, Lord, what is it that I need to change? And boy, I, I started thinking about it. Man, there's a lot of areas in my own life that, that, that God could really work it out. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. If you're perfect here, would you please stand? Just checking. But all y'all expect me to be perfect, and sometimes we expect you to be perfect, but nobody's perfect. There was only one perfect person, and that was Jesus Christ. And he's still perfect today. He's still perfect today. I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 2, 3. I can almost tell immediately when someone has pride issues. In my spirit, in, in my walk with Jesus Christ, been, been, been walking with him now almost 10 years, maybe a little over 10 years, in my discernment with God, I can almost immediately tell when someone has a pride issue. You say, Brother Mark, how can you tell? I can tell. How many can tell when pride rises up in people? The discernment of the Lord will come upon you and say, oh, man. Because, you see, I, I, I've been walking with him a long time. And, and, and as God is my witness, pride is causing a lot of people to go to hell today. Some of you today may wind up in hell because of your pride. Some of you today may wind up in hell, I said, because of your pride. You think you're better than everybody else. You think that you're, you're, you're the greatest thing next to Cool Whip. I don't know where that came up with, but it was on the tip of my head. God, God has a lot to say about pride. God has a lot to say about pride. And we need to listen this morning. We need to listen because God is not going to use you if you're a proud, prideful, arrogant person. God will not let your arrogance get in his way of love and humility. Somebody need to understand that today. God will not let your pride get in the way of, uh, of, of his humility and love for mankind. People are saying, man, I got all these gifts and talents, but if you're not humble, God can't use you. If, you, if you're arrogant and boastful, God can't use you. Boy, God began to deal with me at this week, and, and I just wanted to share and kind of put together this little test uh, that Mark, Mark found, not this Mark, but another Mark had found, and, and I, I want us all to take that test. And if you fail in every, any, any one, there's 10 questions, if you fail, I want you to write one, just, and we'll add up your score and see who has the most pride and, and, and who, who don't have any pride issue. But I believe after this test, we'll find that we all have pride issues. We all have pride issues. Here's what God says about it. 1 Samuel 2, 3. Got my Bible? 1 Samuel 2, 3. Do not keep talking so proudly and let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds and ways. Boy, do not keep talking so proudly and let your mouth speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are ways. Boy, that's a lot to say about pride right there. He said, if you keep talking arrogance, you keep talking, I'm going to weigh what you're saying, the Lord says. 
I'm going to put it under a weight and measure system and see where your heart is. Proverbs 8.13 says, got my Bible? Flip with me. We're Bible thumping. We're Bible thumpers. Got my Bible? Proverbs 8.13. Here's something else he says about pride. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Man, that's clear as day in my Bible. Is it clear as day in your Bible? He says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil, to hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. That covers a lot of range in people's lives today, especially in this world we live in. Another thing the Lord says in Proverbs 11, too. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. He says in Proverbs 13.10, pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 16.18 says, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit will always fall. Proverbs 29.23 says, a man's pride brings him low, but a man's lowly spirit gains him great honor. God has a lot to say about pride, brothers and sisters. So I thought we'd take a pride test this morning. I, I thought that, man, we could all grow from what God was growing me in this week. And, 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 and I can tell you, honestly, in my spirit, people come up to me, hey, if somebody's talking around you, just tell them to be quiet because you need to get this this morning. Hey, in my spirit, I can always tell when someone has a pride issue. Right away, I can tell. Because as a pastor, they'll say, Pastor, do you have our house bugged? Has anybody ever thought that? Who let Pastor Mark come over and bug my house? Pastor Mark, he must have been here in my truck. He must have known. No, I don't. God knows. So when you hear a message like this, it's because God knows that you need to change your ways. God knows that we need to change our ways. When God speaks to me, I need to change my ways. I told you I'm not perfect. And I can always tell, Mary, when someone has a pride issue, they'll come to me and say, oh, pastor, that was the best message I ever heard you preach. You were there for us when, 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 we, when we needed a little money to keep a roof over our head. Pastor, you were there when we needed little groceries on the table. Pastor, you were so there when little Johnny was getting in trouble and you counseled him and straightened him right up. Pastor, you were there. But the moment this pastor don't do what you like I ask people when did you stop loving me when did your pride swell up and we can't get past this when did you stop loving me moment your pride and, and it happens not only between me and you but between you and you some of you will walk around the whole church to keep from walking and, and, and shaking hands with somebody in the church you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You will not get to heaven with a pride issue. You will not get to heaven. You will get to hell if you hold on to that kind of pride. The Bible says that we should be humble. We should be thankful. We should seek the Lord in all that we do. And when he wants to correct us, we should allow him to correct us. But so many people got pride issues. I can almost... I can almost set my watch to those who are leaving this church and going to another church because they didn't get what they wanted at this church. 
I see their pride. I see they think they're better than everybody else. I see them almost, I can almost tell when they didn't get their way or they didn't hear something they like. I was preaching, man. I used to have a whole bunch of homosexuals come here. And people say, Pastor, you're not afraid of them coming to church? I said, man, I want them to come to church because I want them to hear the word of God. And I want them to get saved. And there used to be a whole couple rows of them. And, and I knew they didn't have to tell me that they were homosexual. I knew that they were homosexual. And I loved them as much as I loved you. And I never disrespected them. I never did not dishonor them. I went to eat with them. I kissed them on the cheek. I loved them. I invited them. I patted them on the back. I told them what a great job God's doing in their life. But the moment I preached against homosexuality, I was getting letters in the mail. They was going to pick at me. I was the devil. God, don't say that in the Bible. All this and that and the other. They were sending me emails. They were sending me letters in the mail. Said they was going to pick at me. I told my sons. I told my wife. I said, maybe we ought to do something. Because they said that, that we gonna, we, we gonna, they're going to pick at me this Sunday. What should we do? And Mary said, I don't know. And one of my sons said, Daddy, I'll tell you what we do. I said, what we do, boy? He said, I'll call up all my friends who's got diesel trucks that blow black smoke. And we'll drive by and blow black smoke all over them. And then I heard the Lord. That was a good idea, too. I was like, hey. And then I heard the Lord say, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll, I'll take care of it. You know what? They never showed up. They never showed up. They stopped writing letters. And every now and again, see, they've been out in those other churches. And they haven't felt the love like they received back here. They trickle back in. We don't say nothing. We just love them. I think God, would, God says that was me. We don't say, Mark, you ain't good enough. I'm going to love you anyway, even though you got all these flaws, all these character issues. I'm going to keep working on you, Mark. I love you, my son. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna do this. And I think that a pride test is something that all of us can benefit from. Let's, let's get a piece of paper and a pencil, or if you and your spouse want to share the pencil, you know, you know what? This will be awesome test. Maybe it will help your marriage because one thing I've learned, listen to me, one thing I've learned from the Lord is a prideful person makes a terrible husband. A prideful person makes a terrible wife. A prideful person makes a terrible worker. A prideful person makes a terrible student. A prideful person makes a terrible church member. But a humble person makes an awesome husband. Is anybody hearing me? A humble person makes an awesome friend. A humble person makes an awesome church member. Let's take this pride test. Will you with me? Number one. Number one. Do you long for a lot of attention? If you seek a lot of attention and if you're that person that's always got to have the attention focused on you, if you're seeking attention, and let me say this, good or bad, if you always want the attention focused on you, you got pride issues. You're probably headed for hell. I learned in my walk with Christ that it's not always about me. Some of you need to hear me say that. Who is it that God is talking to? Raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand because you might want to put your business out there on blast. But if God is talking to you, raise your hand inside of your heart. 
You see, because there's too many people today that want all the attention, that seek all the attention. Do you long for a lot of attention? If you long for a lot of attention, then you have pride issues. Some of you are so needy, so clingy, so desperate, and you learn to look pathetic. You learn to just look pathetic. (laughs) You want attention. I say, is something wrong with you? Welcome to jail. It's on your billboard. Some people, some people talk loud. I, I think God was talking to me about this because some people talk loud. And, and I've already taken the test, so the test is for you this morning. I failed so miserably. You're going to pass, but maybe not me. I, but some people, listen to me, some people, they want a lot of attention. And they're really dramatic. And I call these people spiritual freakouts. They freak out over anything. Boy, they like you talking to me this morning, Pastor Mark. I ain't coming back. I ain't coming back. Some of you do this. You're pushy. You got a bully personality. Try to push your way to the top. Try to push yourself and your opinions around. Some of you are pushy. That's a pride issue. Some of you are real demanding. You're real vocal. Do you demand a lot of attention? And if people are talking and you're not the center of attention, do you make a way to get the center of attention brought back to you? If that is you, then you have pride issues. Check one for I failed that one if that's you. But if you didn't fail that, don't check. Number two, do you become jealous or critical of people who are successful or who succeed? Boy, when I see somebody get something new, I'm just as proud for them as if it was mine. But there are so many people who are jealous and critical of people who succeed. Oh, I can't believe they got that. How did they get that? No, I I can't believe that that happened to them. They're not good enough for that. If that is your pride issue, you can't be happy when somebody else is getting blessed. You have issues, brother. You have issues, sister. God is telling you, not me. I asked to be the mouthpiece for Christ this morning. Not Mark Grimes, but the mouthpiece for Christ. If you can't be happy when somebody else is being blessed, you are a jealous and critical person. And there are a lot of those in the church today. There are a lot of jealous and critical people. I could do that better than them. In this world we live in today, there's people blogging, Facebooking, Twittering. So much of this world has gone total negative. But the church ought not be total negative. The people in the church ought not be total negative. Oh, you didn't clap because you might be that negative one. They'll blog you so fast. They'll run you down on Facebook. They'll, I don't know how to do Twitter, but if I was on Twitter, there'd probably be somebody hating on me on Twitter. But I decided not to do it because I couldn't spell it. I don't do much I can't spell. Food included. But they'll blog you. They'll write about you on Facebook. They'll Twitter you. 
so much of this world has gone negative. We just criticize people who succeed, and part, part of that is becoming jealous. You're just jealous because they become successful. When you could come as successful that, as that person, or even more successful if you just apply yourself, it really is. It's just jealousy. It's just jealousy. Write that down. If you are jealous and critical of other people's, because see, you could have a pride issue. I could do that better than them. Maybe you could. Maybe you couldn't. Maybe you can't do it as good as them right now because your character ain't right, and God ain't fitting to put you up on the format and mess up his good name. Let me share this with some of y'all who are first-timers or who are talking and not paying attention. God will remove, kill, destroy, get rid of people with pride. I've seen it a hundred times in this church. I've seen people, man, who claim to be all this, and that, and the other, and then, got, man, I, man, you can just see right through them. They're not here for God. They're here for themselves, and God just removes them. Man, he's done that in some of y'all's lives, too. Some mountain you was up against. You didn't know how you was going to get around it. Maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe it was a friend who betrayed you. Maybe it was a loved one. Maybe it was a divorce. You're like, how am I going to get through this? But God got you through because God always gets his people through. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Touch somebody and say, God gets you through. Touch somebody and mean it and say, God gets you through. Maybe God's working on your character. And if you want to do something, start with humility and go from there. Work on your character. Work on your humility. And then we'll see what God can do for you. He will bless you. How many understand that God wants to bless his children this morning? So if, check, if you mess that up, if, if, if Pastor Mark gets a new truck and you all hate on him, then you failed that test. If you got a new car and somebody hated on you, they're probably feeling that test. You know, if, you're, if you win the roping, it's not just cars and animals and horses and, and material stuff. You can, you can be just a little better, a little better at speaking. A little better singing. A little better in the way you walk. And then people just wonder. It's because they're jealous of you. Do you do that to other people? You got pride issues. Check, check. If that's who. Hmm. The third thing. Number three. Now God was really dealing with me with this one. Do you always have to win? I'm competitive. In my soul, in my spirit, I'm competitive. I got, Leroy, you've been out there in that open arena with me. I'm going to win. I'm going to do my very best. I got to win. And if you don't win, if I don't win, I might hate on you for winning. Before Christ, I used to be the biggest crap talker in the world. Oh, I said it again. Mary don't like when I say crap in church, but I just did again. Sorry. But, but before Christ, I used to be the biggest smack talker. Hey. <laughs> I used to be the big, and man, if I was at a roping and I was fourth or fifth high call back and there were three or four people ahead of me and they were getting ready to rope, I'd say, I know you're going to miss. Don't, no pressure. Hey, something wrong with your horse. He's on the phone, which means they got to use the bathroom. I would say stuff like, hey, don't let your hat fall off your head. I'd be the biggest smack talk. Why? Because I always had a win. I was competitive in my spirit. I've learned with Christ it's okay to lose. 
Hey, watch this. I've learned being around the teenagers and watching some of the humble kids pick somebody on the team. They may not be the best person, but they are in their spirit humble. And they'll let one of them kids come on their team that may not be the fastest, may not be the best athlete. You know what we did this year when we picked teams? We got some of the kids that nobody else thought we would pick. We got some kids, and we, we made those kids the team captain. And then when they began to pick, they didn't pick the big athlete. They picked their friends. And 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 all the great athletes, they were saying, look at me. Hey, what are you doing? And then some of those were picked last, and they didn't understand. How's this thing going? What the heck? You know what the Bible says? Let me just roll this out there for you. You want to be first, you got to be last. Well, I, I, if, if, you're, if you're like me and you feel like you always have to win, listen, I don't care if it's Monopoly, Backgammon, Mexican Sweats. In my old nature, I always had to win. I always had to win. I always had to win. But you know, whether it's a, 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 a roper like Leroy, Leroy, who's only been roping a couple of years, who's getting better every week, when he's high callback now, I'm just as happy for him as it was if it was me. When Justin's in the box, hey, listen to me, man. Me and Justin, he's been high callback with several people before Christ, and I would talk him out of his roping and say, Daddy, you need to win. I'm going to put you in the place. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. You always have to win. You always got to be first. You always got to be the best. You got pride issues. What you're really saying is everybody else is playing backgammon. Everybody else is playing sorry. Everybody else that's playing whatever the game is, they're beneath you. I don't want anybody to feel like they're beneath you. But if that is you today, check, check, check. You're three and oh. Maybe not. Maybe you're sitting here saying, Whoa! I'm smoking this today. I'm good. I get a great grade. The next one, listen to me, the next one, number four. Read that with me. If you have a pattern of lying, you probably got pride issues. I could feel that in my spirit. got real quiet in here. If you got a pattern of lying, you probably got pride issues. Why? Because you don't want to expect yourself to be vulnerable in front of somebody else. So you always talk yourself up like you're the greatest person in the world. Does everybody do that from time to time? If you say no when you're lying, you probably got pride issues because what you're saying is, I, I don't want anybody to see my flaws. I see pastors today. They act like they're perfect, man. I see people who are worship leaders and youth leaders and people, they act like they're just better than everybody else. I did an altar call. I was speaking the other day at a church. I did an altar call, and 12 kids got up and came down the altar and gave their life to the Lord. And they just told me all their problems that they were dealing with. Some of them were dealing with drugs. Some of them were dealing with pornography. Some of them were dealing with lying. Some of them were dealing with being disrespectful to their parents. And I just led them to the Lord. And when I took that to the leadership in that church, they was like, I, I, I don't, I, okay, thank you. Have a good day. Don't come back. 
I come back here so disheartened because over here, when one lost sinner gets saved, brother, we dancing. We getting excited. Touch somebody and say, get excited when one person comes to this altar. Touch somebody. Touch somebody and say, get excited. You don't look excited. Do you have a pattern of lying? When I said that, Vicky, the room temperature changed. When I said, do you have a pattern of lying? I could just feel the room temperature change. And heads look down and people look left and people look right, people look under. That was interesting. You say, no, I don't lie. Well, you just did. You see, underlying is pride. It usually says, hold on. You're going to know something about me. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to put me in a favorable light. I want to be seen in a favorite light, so I will lie, even if it's a little lie, to make myself look better than I already am. Underlying is pride. We lie to make ourselves look better than we really are so that people will look worse than they really are. You see, what you do, Nolan, is you compare yourself to other people when you should be comparing yourself to Christ. And if we'll come to Christ imperfect, he'll make us perfect one day. It's all pride. You're trying to compare yourself to Mary, or you're trying to compare yourself to Donnie, or you're trying to compare yourself to somebody else. Man, you need to compare yourself to Christ and then see where you measure up. Number five. Oh, if you failed that, write that down. If you passed it, man, put a check mark. Teachers used to give me no check marks. No check marks, no check marks. I was probably most likely not to succeed. At least that's what I've been told my whole life. So I let my pride swell up and say, I was going to show them, I was going to show them, I was going to show them. I was going to show them. Number five, do you have a hard time admitting you are wrong? Oh, I felt that. A woman looked at her husband. <laughs> brother looked at his sister do you have a hard time admitting you're wrong if you do you probably got a pride issue we're taking a test this morning if you have a hard time admitting you're wrong you don't confess unless you get caught then when you get caught you just start shifting blame well it really wasn't my fault it was their fault it was the other person's fault they made me do it they made me do it listen that's that's not making that that, that that's not taking accountability for your own mistakes that's making excuses for your mistakes and who's God talking to this morning? You know who God's talking to. Do you have a hard time acknowledging you are wrong? Do you confess? You have to get caught. And then even when you get caught, you put up a fight. You blame shift. You get emotional. I don't like the way you showed me my sin, preacher. I don't like the way you showed me my sin, husband. I don't like the way you showed me my sin, daddy, mama. You change the subject. From the transaction to the transgression. Some of you can't say a word. I'm wrong. How many struggle with saying I'm wrong? Don't raise your hand. Some of you have become leaders on your job, leaders in the community, even leaders in the church, and you won't even admit when you're wrong because you think that you're better than the other person or you don't want them to see you vulnerable. Listen to me. One of the best things you can do is say, Lord, 
I was wrong about that. I made a mistake about that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Some of you can't say I'm wrong. Some of you can't say I'm sorry. When you get caught, you say, well, nobody's perfect. How many of y'all said that before? Raise your hand. Well, nobody's perfect. You're not trying to fix yourself. You're making an excuse for your sin. You're basically saying I'm a human being, which really not an apology for doing something wrong. It's more like an excuse. If you have a hard time acknowledging you're wrong, then that's pride. Number six, I just got a couple more. Somebody's sleeping in the back. If you have a lot of conflict with other people, <laughs> do you have a lot of conflict with other people? That's a pride issue. Hey, this ain't no joke. If you don't fix that, you're going to die and you're going to go to hell. It could be today. You could get in your car. You don't repent of your sins. You could die and you could go to hell. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm preaching the truth this morning. If you don't like it, that's not my problem. Somebody give God a praise if they believe like me. If they believe like me. If you have conflict with a lot of people, if it is you and everywhere you work, everywhere you go to church, everywhere you, you, you move to, you have conflict with a lot of people, then you have pride issues. Let me tell you this. Prideful people always fight other prideful people. Prideful people always are at battle. Prideful people are always bickering, fighting, uh, whispering, complaining, moping, groping. Prideful people always argue with other prideful people. It's the way the world works. Somebody catch this. Prideful people always argue with other prideful people. Sometimes prideful people argue with humble people. That's the way the world works, too, the world we live in. Sometimes prideful people, they argue with humble people. We see that with Jesus. Jesus approached the religious leaders of the time, and he went up against them. And, and you know what? He argued with those guys. It, 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 well, he really didn't really argue, but he didn't allow them to bully him either. Jesus was humble, but he didn't allow people to bully him. Every time I have to stand up for something, people think, well, you know what? I'm going to stay humble, but I'm always going to stand up for this church because God put me over this church. And if you don't like the way I do it, that's not my problem. Help me, see me, show me, teach me another way. If there's something better, I'm willing to learn. But prideful people always fight with prideful people, and prideful people always fight with humble people. But you never see two humble people fighting. You never see two humble people fight. Somebody ought to hear me and say amen. You never see two humble people in the church fighting. Humble people don't fight. If this world had more humble people, we wouldn't be fighting all the time. We wouldn't have to go to war with other countries and go to war even on our own territory. Humble people don't fight. Oh, I love that. Humble people don't fight. Sometimes there's conflict between the prideful and the humble but very rarely is there mass conflict between the humble and the humble yeah them humble people they out there killing each other ain't happening sorry for telling you this this morning but if you're involved in a lot of conflict maybe you're not so humble and you're the one with the pride issue this is the message God said me he gave you I'm giving it the way he told me to bring it. 
Number seven. Oh, man, I failed this one. Did they already throw it up there? Now they're ahead of me. I was leading into that, Brother Garrett. Do you cut in line in the stores, airports, or on the freeway? I think this is really where my message came from the other day. I was stuck in traffic on 242. And I went down the side access road, going around one car, going around another car, going around another car, going around another car. And I heard the Lord whisper to me, are you really so much better than all these other people? Man, my heart began to break. Them people got places to go and things to do just like I do. But, you know, we do that, world. We do that in this world. Even Christians, we do that in this world. We think, well, if we can rush our basket up to the front of the Walmart line, we'll get in front of that little grandma. She's got one of them motorized coolers. She, ain't, she can't beat me. I got two good legs. Well, one day you won't have two good legs. And your husband, and your husband, your husband will be in the car waiting on you, and he can't see after dark, and you're going to pray somebody lets you in the line. How come we do that? I don't understand. Why do I do that? Man, listen, we all, maybe not all of us, maybe some of you are humble in this area, but me, why do I always do that? Mary, I am changing my ways. I promise for the Lord, I am going to change my ways because no no funny, no funny. I'm telling you the truth, man. God really convicted me. I failed this test. I am going to change my ways because God dealt with me, Mary, and told me I'm not better than all the other people in line, in the store. We do that, though. We get on a bus, kids, teenagers, you get on a bus and you go somewhere and you arrive, you want to be the first one up. And then there's a hundred other people who want to be the first one up. And then you say, well, if I just cut in front of this one, at least I'm better than him. Or if I just cut in front of them, at least I'm better than them. If I just cut in front of them, at least I'm better than them. Man, God didn't come to this world to condemn it, but he came to save it. And if we'll humble ourselves, go ahead. You can go before me. Go ahead. No problem. I've learned that watching humble people. I learned it hearing from God this week. You can cut and everybody can give you the stink eye. Or you can be humble and allow God to go to work in you. Number eight. Do you get upset when people do not call you out on your achievements? Do you get upset when people do not call you out on your achievements? Maybe you work on the Holy Hammer Squad. Maybe you work in the Lamb Center. Maybe you work in the parking lot ministry. Nobody calls you out for your achievement. No, nobody even came. Pastor didn't even come say thank you. And I've been in that Lamb Center for two years. Man, we have been praying for you, and we've been thankful for two years. And we're going to give you your spot, and we're going to give you that acknowledgement when God tells us. But right now, why don't you just stay faithful in the ditches, and God will rise you up out of ashes and give you all the recognition that you need. I don't know who God's talking to, but some of y'all, if you don't get acknowledged for the little bit that you do, you get all stinky, you get all mad, you get all upset. Who's God talking to? Nobody acknowledges that I work on the arena team. Nobody acknowledges that I work in the youth building. Nobody acknowledges me that I work in the Lamb Center. Why should I even bother anymore? People quit ministries around here all the time. They didn't get a little pat on the back. Bye. 
see you, going to the nurse church, I'm out. Or you show up on a great day and want to get back involved so that we can see you. Why should I even bother? Nobody says good job. Let me see. I was thinking about that, Mary. Aren't they supposed to wait for the Lord to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Donnie, are you playing for man's acknowledgement or are you playing for God's acknowledgement? God will acknowledge you when he exalts you. When God exalts Mark Grimes, that's when I hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I pray. So if you're looking for man to acknowledge you, you'll get that from time to time. But I'm not doing this for men, and you ought not do this for me. Somebody need to hear that tonight because you can't even bake a cake without wanting to put it up. You can't even bake a cake without bringing it up to the front to raise money to save a kid's life. Look at the cake I bake. 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 Okay. This is the cake she bake. And then it brought $10. You're like, mad as a mug. I can't believe I spent all day on that cake. And that 10 stand up. That 10, turn around. That $10 cake, maybe you didn't get a pat on the back, but it raised money to save this young man's life. <laughs> Sit down, boy. Listen, if nobody's acknowledging you, if I hadn't said thank you in a long time, let me tell you, thank you, God bless you, keep up the good work, but please start doing it for God. That's my prayer. Number nine, I'm almost done. i got two more. Do you attend more towards the attitude of entitlement or thankfulness? you got to have a title. Are you just thankful that you're just given the grace of God, love, and that you get to be included in some of his work, some of his life? Man, this is a big one for some. Do you tend more towards entitlement? Instead of thankfulness, hey, I deserve that. I worked really hard. I sacrificed. I was up all night doing that. Are you just thankful you get to do that for God? You see, I deserve hell. That's where some of you with pride need to understand you deserve hell. You need to be thankful that you got what you got and what you get what you get and the opportunities that God gets to use you. You need to be thankful instead of looking for titles. Man, it's not about us, it's about him. We're all going to stand and we're going to give an account. You're going to give an account for everything you do. And if you have a pride issue, you're always going to want a title. But if you'll just humble yourself, God will use you. You need to understand that you deserve nothing else than hell. You didn't want to hear that this morning, did you? You deserve nothing else than hell. We are all sinners saved by an amazing grace. Isaiah 2.11 says, the eyes of the arrogant man will be humbled and the pride of men will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord, when he comes back, it will be all about the Lord coming back. Not really about us going home. We'll be blessed to be going home. Somebody need to grab that today. You're not going to get there by your good works. You get there by his amazing grace and his love for mankind. Everything else is a gift. Thanks, Lord. I'm grateful for whatever. 
Thanks, Lord, I'm all right with cleaning these toilets. Thanks, Lord, I'm all right with picking these cigarette butts up. Thanks, Lord, I'm all right with coming out and fixing the fence. Thanks, Lord, I get to wash the dishes in the concession stand. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Humble people say, thank you, Lord. You don't have to give them a gift. The last one. Let me ask you the last one, number 10. Garrett, you need to let me catch up, baby. Do you honestly feel that you are basically a good person and superior to other people? If that's the way you feel about yourself, if you think you're better than everybody else in this church, you're superior to other people, you're a good person, everybody else here is no good. You're the smartest person in here and everybody else is dumb. If you honestly think and feel that you are basically a good person and superior to other people, listen to me, you have a pride issue. You have a pride issue. Now you wouldn't, if, if, if on your Facebook status, you look at me, on your Facebook status, you probably wouldn't go and write, my name is Mark Grimes, and I'm smarter than anyone else. My name is Mark Grimes, and I'm better looking than anyone else. My name is Mark Grimes, and they put a pastor on the front of it these days because I'm the greatest preacher that ever lived. You probably wouldn't go out and put that on your Facebook status, but in your heart is where God is looking today. Do you honestly feel like you're superior, you're better than everybody else? Boy, this ought to self-check some of you husbands because I hear how you talk to your wives. I hear how you really talk to your wife. Oh, you're so sweet in public, but behind doors you're just ordering her around, treating her like she ain't nothing. It, it, basically what you do is you spit in her face every time. You make her feel like she ain't worth nothing. You feel like you're superior over her. And women do it to their husbands too. L women do it all the time to their husbands. You, you're going to do what I tell you to do, and that's it. You're done. Blah, 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 blah. And some men are so hempecked today, it just makes me sick to shake their hand. Ain't, no, ain't joking. It makes me sick to just shake a hempecked man's hand because a man ought to be able to run his household in a godly way and be able to love his wife and love his family and be able to tell his kids, tell his kids what he wants out of them and love them kids and not be superior. You're going to do it. You're going to do what I say. 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 If that's how you live, you got a pride issue. In my house, I'm the head of my house. I'll stand up here on this stage and tell you I'm the head of my house. No other man is raising my kids. I'm raising my kids. No other man is paying my bills. I'm paying my own bills. No other man is taking care of my beautiful wife. I'm taking care of my beautiful wife. And I'm proud to say that I include them in all the decisions that I make. But at the end of the day, I'm going to make the best godly decision for my family because I'm the man of my house. Them hempecked men, man, they drive me insane in my membrane. Come to, come to men's conference, please. I'm going to put some spine in you. I got off subject. 
All right, let's grade this thing. Let's grade this thing. Now let's score this thing. Now you had 10 questions. Score from 1 to 10, you're proud. If anybody scored from 1 to 10, you're proud. If you scored 0, you are very proud. Now let's be honest with the Lord. I'm done. I went a little long today. Thank you for bearing with me. But how many failed the test miserably? The great thing is, my friends, that God gives us the opportunity to take it again. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. Somebody say, well, what did you score, Pastor Mark? I scored a 33. But I do want to level with you before we close. What happens to the proud? Don't talk. Listen. What happens to the proud? There's consequences. When Jesus said in Luke, Luke 14, 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humble, and who will be humble himself will be exalted. Humble can lead to honor just like pride can lead to dishonor. Jesus said you either start with humility and God will raise you up or you start with pride and God will knock you down. I love the fellowship that I had with Brother Todd when we went to Gospel Lake Ranch. We began to talk about his career and his music and he was telling me he was on his way to Canton. And he, I said, man, it's going to be great. You're going to do a great job. He said, Brother Mark, he said, you know, whatever I do for God is good for me. He said, because there was a time there was a time when I started singing and started traveling around that I thought I was the best thing. I was the best singer. There wasn't a be another singer better than me. He said, man, I, I would let everybody else do this and that. I would take so much pride in my practice, and I'd take so much pride in my vocals, and I'd take care of my throat. And all my, He traveled with four guys in a quartet, and they were lazy. They didn't take care of their body. And Todd began to feel like he was superior and better than the rest of those people. So as he traveled with these people, he began to look down on them, and he began to act like he was better than them. And when it come time to sing, he would probably take a little more step up front so just so people could hear his singing ability. And then he said, one day God just humbled him and broke him down. You know, God will do that to you. There's something in the Bible, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. There's somewhere in the Bible it says if you've been invited to dinner, if you've been invited to dinner, don't take the first seat at the table. It says take the last seat at the table. There's so many today, Miss Vicky. you see it too. They, they want to run up there and get the front seat of the table. But you know what the Bible says? Look, kids, pay attention. This is something you will learn and never forget. If you run up there and you get the third seat of the table and somebody comes in that's more important than you, then they're going to ask you to move. And then there you will be humiliated. But if you take the last seat, you come in and say, and I'll just sit over here. And everybody starts showing up and they say, well, Mark Grimes, get up here by me. I'm all right where I'm at, man. I'm good. No, get up here with me. Okay, I'll come over here and take this chair. God says, if you'll be humbled, I'll exalt you. I'll get you to the front. 
stand with me today. Stand with me today. As we close, stand with me today. Who's God talking to? Who failed so miserably today that they'd like to come to this altar this morning? As the band begins to play, make your way right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Come on right now. If you failed this test like I did, make your way to this altar right now. and Say, God, here I am, Lord. I saw a lot of hands go up. I saw a lot of hands go up. You don't have to be afraid of God. Jesus tells you that he loves you, and because he loves you, he don't want to pick a fight with you. He wants to build you up. He, he wants you to become that leader that you're supposed to be. Proud people make the worst spouses. They make the worst parents. They make the worst friends. Come on, right now, as they begin to play. Proud people make the worst spouses, the worst friends. They make the worst church member. Humble people, by the grace of God, can be pretty good spouses. Come to this altar this morning. Say, God, humble me. Change my ways. Father, you have talked to my heart this morning. Are you going to start high and end low? Or are you going to start low and end high? Come right now. Let God deal with your pride. There's room. Actually, with the resurrection of the dead and the ascension to heaven to be with Jesus, don't let pride stand in that ascension way. Thank you that we're not perfect today. Right there in your seat, ask God to fix your heart. Thank you, Lord, for this message. God, I've been wrong a lot of years in the way I act. Thank you that I can start over this morning. By coming to this altar, or even right there in your seat, just lift your hand and say, Lord, help me in my pride issues. From this day forward, Lord, I'm going to try my best to change. play one more time. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. <laughs> God, I know this message wasn't to make us feel bad. It was to make us feel good. Feel good that you're here with us and that you stepped on our toes this morning. Each and every one of us got room for improvement or we can go out of this building the same. I choose to go out differently.
So I have to be honest with you, church. As I pulled over on the side of the road and started passing other people the other day, God touched my heart. I just parked my car and let probably a dozen and 15 people pass me as I stood on the side of the road and asked God to forgive me. I'm ashamed of myself, but I know that I'm trying. If you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I'm going to try with you to be a better person. I'm going to try to not let my pride get in the way anymore. It's all about Jesus from this day forward. I want to thank you for coming. If you're here and you never asked Jesus to come into your heart, pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. If you prayed that with me, raise your hand. Let me see you. Anybody? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. For you 13 that raised your hand, man, God's got big plans for you. Fill out that green card in your worship guide. I want to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. You'll meet with me and Miss Beverly and Harry. We're going to visit with you and tell you we love you and God's got a plan for you. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, you failed this test miserably. There's a lot of areas in your life you just want to start over. Give your Rededicate your life this morning. Say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you from this day forward. I will honor you with my actions in every area, Lord. I'll do my very best, Lord. I will not feel like I'm superior over others. I'll just be humble and love people like you do. I rededicate my life to you today, Lord. Oh, Father, I felt that in my spirit. I don't have to ask any other questions. Lord, I just want to honor you today, give you the glory. It's your power that did this. Not by my doings. I did nothing today. It's all you, Lord. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. You may be seated. You may be seated.